Welcome into the Puttcraft Podcast. My name is Reed Nelson. Saturday, November 11th, Chaska, Minnesota. Snow is on the ground. We are heading indoors for our first ever doubleheader at the Golf Zone. Noon tea time and then a 2 p.m. tea time or thereabout. It's probably going to be a little bit after 2. But if you're only coming to one event, um, please, you know, be there by 2 p.m. Or, you know, if you're only coming to the early event, be there by noon. When you register online, you'll have a drop-down option to choose from either one event or two two events. Um, if you're playing in only one event, I may reach out to you to determine which event that you're playing in. Um, it is a little bit discounted. If you play in both events, it's $30 to play in both events, $18 again to play in only one. It's been a while. I miss you guys. I'm ready to get back into it. Um, nine days from today. Uh, and, and the snow was, was, was just a nice reminder that we're heading indoors, um, and couldn't be more excited. So, um, again, November 11th noon golf zone Chaska. For those of you who have never been to the golf zone before, um, you know, one of my favorite you know, parts of the golf zone is, is, is they let you warm up. All right. So if you get there 20, 25, 30 minutes early, um, they're going to let you on the course early to warm up. You know, if you get there an hour plus early, then, then, then that's up to the discretion of, of whoever's there. Um, I, I can't necessarily advocate for, for them letting you on the course 90 minutes early, but that's between you and them at that point. So today we're going to review or kind of oversee, you know, we're, We're halfway through the season. We're going to take a look at the Rookie of the Year race. Again, for those of you who are new, our league year runs April 1st to March 31st. We have announced the um, the schedule for this winter, so you can go ahead and take a look at that on, on, on our Instagram page if you'd like. And... Um, so, you know, we're going to have a couple double headers. This is the first one really excited about that. So today we're going to over, you know, we're going to go over the rookie of the year race as it stands right now. So here's where we are. And this is going to be in no particular order. I'm going to kind of be all over the place here. I've got nine names that I'm going to go over and one thing to note. So Grant Faraday is on this list. Grant Faraday was up in Duluth. He finished second place at the Rogue Eagle Open, um, or I, second or third actually. You know, he he had the lead going into the 36th hole. He only has two events. He's not technically eligible until he gets to three events. And if he doesn't get to three events, this won't register as his rookie season. So he'll have a season. Um, the next season that he then plays in would be his rookie season, regardless of how many events that he played in. So let me just review that one more time. He has to have three three events to, to count for, towards awards and for it to register as his rookie season. If it doesn't, uh, if he doesn't get to three, the next event he plays in automatically triggers his rookie season, whether it's one event, two events, whatever, 10 events could be anything. So um, Grant Faraday is absolutely a rookie of the year candidate at this point. We're halfway through the season. He has two events. He's in Duluth. Do I expect him to come down to the Twin Cities to participate in an event? Maybe, maybe. You know, I, I mean, I mean, there's, there's, uh, you know, I don't want to guess. I don't want to guess. I don't think it's all, you know, uh, incredibly likely, but it is possible. Let's take a look at Grant Faraday's um, data right now. He's got a 36.11 BEP, BE percentage. And of the nine people that are registered here, that ranks him sixth. And I'll, and I'll, and I'm going to, like I said, I'm not going to go 
I'm not going to go through these in any particular order. I'm going to jump around. His BEP of 84.72% um, puts him in second place uh, of, of these nine quote-unquote candidates right now. He's got four aces. He's got two top five finishes in only two events. Um, he has 25 birdies, one eagle, uh, 35 pars, a 48.61% par percentage. You know, you know the, the Duluth courses, you know, it, it kind of, kind of messes up the stats a little bit because we're not all on the same plane. Well, more on that later, I guess. So Grant Faraday, in my mind, absolutely, you know, an early candidate. And also, you know, just, you know, for reference, the player who ultimately ends up winning the Rookie of the Year award, we might not even know a play, that, that person yet. That person's name might be Xavier. You know, we, we don't have an Xavier in, 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 uh, in, in Puckcraft right now. So, you know, still plenty of time to get in there and, and to, um, and, and, and to win. So, um, another, uh, Duluth name, Roger Matson. So Roger Matson had a top five finish at Rogue Eagle, finished outside of the top five at Captain Jay's. He's a 26.39% BE percentage, an 87.50 BEP percentage. Actually has the highest par percentage of anybody in the bunch here at 61.11%. Three aces, one top five finish. Um, and, you know, same same story as as Grant Faraday here. Uh, I don't necessarily expect them to register another event, but heck, you know, they could. The The thing is that Roger Matson, if he does register another event, will we'll have an uphill battle, you know, to to overtake some of the players um, that have not only played in five, six, seven, eight events so far this season, uh, but have won events this season um, or have gotten near winning events this season and are also going to participate in four or five, six events down the road. Grant Faraday's a little bit different situation. Grant Faraday nearly won Rogue Eagle. Grant Faraday is very, very, very good. If Grant Faraday hypothetically were to register for the this uh, next weekend's doubleheader and win both events, okay, now he's in the driver's seat, right? That's a massive hypothetical, <laughs> right? So we're not really going to go down that road. Um, the next couple folks here. Um, so... Michael Carlson is not eligible. He had five events last year, but Aiden Carlson is eligible. Only had two events last year. So let's take a look at Aiden's Aiden's uh, uh, stats right now. He's got two eagles. He's got 25 birdies in three events. He's got a 25% BE percentage, a 62.9%, a 96% BEP percentage, one hole in one. And he took Sean Brown at the Match Play Masters down to, uh, you know, the final few holes. Now, here's the thing. Do I expect Aiden Carlson to be in the mix at the end? Not necessarily, but I also didn't necessarily expect he was going to take Sean Brown to the end of the match play event. So, you know, stranger things have happened and he's in a situation right now where, you know, I expect him to improve exponentially moving forward. Um, Thomas Pepin had only uh, he had two events last year, so he is also eligible this year. And again, regardless of how many events Aiden and Thomas participate in this season, they both have already registered for three. But since they played in two last year, they are automatic. This is their rookie season. Period. Full stop. 
So Thomas Pepin, three events. Um, he said five eagles, 25 birdies, uh, 27.78% BE percentage, 69.44% BEP percentage. He's got the seven aces. He's got the one top five finish at Como Park earlier this summer. Um, just a, you know, a, a really, really, really solid event there at Como Park. Would need to see that again a couple more times, you know, in order for Thomas to, you know, be a legitimate candidate uh, for rookie of the year. And just to prove to you that I'm not going any, in any particular order, I'm going to jump to one of the favorites. Yes, I'm jumping to one of the favorites right now. That is the natural. That is Owen Pendleton. Here's the thing. Owen Pendleton has two events. He's got a 41.67% BE percentage, an 80.56% BEP percentage. He's got three aces. He's got a top five finish in the E-League, and he has a top five finish in the Youth League and a win in the Youth League. Now, or a youth event, excuse me. So if we look at BEP, BE percentage, Owen is fourth, okay, behind uh, three players that I have not yet mentioned. He is, in BEP percentage, he is sixth at 80.56 and then a 41.67. Owen is absolutely a candidate for Rookie of the Year. He has a win already. Regardless of the field, he has a win already. In fact, you know, um, Cameron Aselius was in that field as well, mind you. And then Cameron went on to win an E-League event not too long after. So, and Owen's just a really good putter, <laughs> you know. So forget the stats, just watch the natural stroke of Owen Pendleton. He's absolutely in the mix. How many events would he have to register? Well, I mean, you know, let's go back to the Grant Faraday uh, uh, discussion. If Owen comes out and wins an event this weekend and Sean Brown's there and Matt Rolstead's there and, 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 and Eric Asilius is there and Zach sits right like, okay, now, now we have a new front runner for rookie of the year, regardless of, of if that's his third and final event of the season, technically he's not eligible right now and he only has two events, but Owen Pendleton, absolutely a candidate. Is he the favorite? No, I would not necessarily call him the favorite. In fact, I don't really know who the favorite is here. Um, would I call him a top three? I don't know. I don't know. That's up for you to decide. All right, let's take a look at Asher Vandemark. He's played in five events. He has a double eagle. He has five eagles, 61 birdies, a 37.22% BE percentage, and a 78.33% BEP percentage. Of the nine eligible players, <coughs> excuse me, Asher is seventh in BEP at 78.33. Two aces, um, no top five finishes. And you know what? Let's just go ahead and, and, and skip right over to Tony Vandemark. Four events, two double eagles, nine eagles, 54 birdies, a 45.14% BE percentage, and an 84.03% BEP. Now, here's something interesting. Tony Vandemark leads in BE percentage amongst the nine. Okay. 45.14. And it's a pretty healthy margin. Okay. Uh, over a percentage point over the next player. Now, I don't want to go too deep into the whole lily putt thing, but I'm hoping that this season is the last conversation we have to have about the quote unquote lily putt thing. The lily putt thing, for those of you who are new, is that lily putt registers some really low scores 20 under, 25 under, 30 under. If you play a lot of events at lily putt, you're going to have good stats. I think Tony only has one event at lily putt. In fact, I'm Positive, he only has one event at Lilliput. Um, 
but he only has four events total. So it's 25% of his total stats are coming from Lilliput. Regardless, he has two double eagles at Lilliput. He had that in the same night. Nobody's done that before. Okay. So, you know, I'm trying to sit here and poo-poo these stats. Eh, you know, Tony's an Tony's absolutely a candidate for rookie of the year. Um <clears throat> for sure. Okay, who else do we have? We've done Tony Vandermark, we've done Owen Pendleton, we've done Asher Vandermark, we've done Grant Faraday, we've done Thomas Pepin, we've done Roger Matson, we've done Aiden Carlson. So it leaves us with two players here. Mark Giannini, six events, eight eagles, 87 birdies, a 43.98% BE percentage. He's actually second behind Tony Vandermark and an 84.72% BEP percentage. That's second behind Roger Matson. He has four aces, um, and two top five finishes in, in, in the E-League. What Mark needs right now, in my opinion, to really be considered a Rookie of the Year candidate is a top five finish. Okay? Um, you know, because there are players on this list that have a top five finish. So let's just loop Mike Pendleton in here. He's the final candidate here. Eight events, one double eagle, 15 eagles, 42.71% BE percentage that I believe is third it is third and an 84.338 percent bep percentage that is fourth he has one top five finish uh in the open league and one top five finish in e-league mark janini technically has two top five finishes in e-league mike pendleton has a top five finish in e-league owen pendleton has a top five finish in e-league okay so my apologies for for not mentioning that earlier we're going to focus here on open stuff right now. So Roger Madsen has one top five finish. Grant Faraday has two top five finishes. Mike Pendleton has one top five finish. Tony Vandenberg has one top five finish. Thomas Pepin has one top five finish. If we were doing the Stephen A. Smith thing and you were forcing me to give you an answer right now, I would say, you know, start with the wins and there are none. And I'm talking open wins right now. Of course, of course, Owen Pendleton has a youth event win. We've mentioned that already. No open wins. So then you move over to top five finishes. Grant Faraday is two for two. Okay. Does that make him the favorite right now? I guess. I guess that makes him the favorite. I don't necessarily see that hanging on. He only has two events. So I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of not gonna count that. Uh Mike Pendleton, one in eight. You know, Tony Vandermark, one in four, a little bit better. Roger Matson, one in two. Again, kind of has the same Grant Faraday issue. Um, and Thomas Pepin, one in three. Okay. So if we go and then we look lastly at BEP percentage, Roger, Roger Matson, Mark Janini, Grant Faraday, Mike Pendleton, one through four there. And then BE percentage, Tony Vandermark, Mark Janini, Mike Pendleton, Owen Pendleton there, one through four. This is all to say that this is a complete and utter jumbled mess. And I love that. I love that. If you told me that Tony Vandermark, Mark Giannini, Mike Pendleton, Owen Pendleton, one of those four is going to win Rookie of the Year, I would not be shocked in the least. If you told me that... um Grant Faraday was going to win Rookie of the Year. I was going to say, oh, so Grant Faraday's played, came down to the cities and played in a couple events. In fact, if Grant Faraday, if you told me right now that Grant Faraday comes and plays in three events this winter, I think he's your Rookie of the Year. I do. I think that's what, that's how it would end up. I think he is that good. And for anybody who watched him up in Duluth, you probably agree with me. He is very, 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 very good. Um, you know, Thomas Pepin would be 
would be a surprise. Aiden Carlson would be a surprise. Asher Vandermark would be a little bit of a surprise. Um, I'm not saying it's not possible. Of course it's possible. It's sport. That's the beauty of sport. It's all possible. But I'm focusing on Tony, Mark, Mike, um, uh, and, and Owen. And, you know, to a lesser extent, Grant. But that that's a, you know, I just went over it. I'm not going to go over it again. Uh, you can make the case for any of them. Let's make the case for Tony, right? Tony has the best BE percentage, okay? And he's got the top five finishes, one and four. Pretty good. He's also got two double eagles. He has, you know, something that's never happened at Puckcraft before. Let's take a look at Mark Giannini. Mark Giannini leads, excuse me here, or second in BEP percentage. But of the four players that we're really focusing in on right now, he's first. Okay, he's actually tied with Grant Faraday behind Roger Madsen. Um, he has two Top five E-League finishes. Remember, Tony Vandermark wasn't eligible for E-League. Okay. Um, and my mem- Mark Giannini, oh, we're talking about Mark Giannini right now. My apologies. Mike Pendleton was, and Owen Pendleton was, but and Owen Pendleton did play in one E-League event, and he did finish in the top five. If we look at Owen Pendleton, the old case for Owen Pendleton is he has two top five finishes in two events. The case against Owen Pendleton is pretty simple, and that's that he has not played in an open event. But why doesn't that seem right to me? I thought he did play in an open event. On-air production meeting. I thought he was at Loon's Nest. He was at Loon's Nest for an E-League, but was he at Loon's Nest for the Fall Classic? He was not. Okay, it's coming back to me now. A little bit. It's coming back to me now. Apologies for that on-air production meeting. Very unprofessional of me. Um, and then Mike Pendleton. Eight events. He has the most events for what for what it's worth. Okay. Um, he has the most hole-in-ones. He should have the most hole-in-ones. He has the most events. He is um he has one top five finish in eight events. And you know, he, in his, his BE percentage, he's third and his BEP percentage, he is fourth. So solid stats all around. Nothing necessarily grabs you about the Mike Pendleton case. Um, but nothing necessarily grabs you about any of those four cases. If we look at the last couple events here, um, just going to do a quick little review here. If you look at Fall Classic at the Loon's Nest, Mike Pendleton did finish above Mark Giannini by two strokes. Um, you know, for uh, Aiden Carlson was what was was in the middle of the pack there as well. Um, if we look at Eagle Lake, uh, Mike Pendleton did finish in on top of Mark Giannini in that one as well, and just one stroke ahead of Tony Vandermark there as well. It's too early. Right. It's it's just simply too early to look at this Um, because, like I said, Xavier might end up win might end up winning uh, the rookie of the year, you know, because there are, you know, nine or ten events left. So it's fun to look at. It's fun to go over. We're going to do the other awards to kind of a midseason check in player of the year. Um, whole of the year, all that fun stuff. We'll kind of we'll kind of sprinkle that in into the next couple of podcasts here. So I ask you this: who's who's your favorite right now? Who are the betting odds on these nine? Um, who would be your your favorite? And gosh, I think if I had, 
I'm going to give you a favorite. I'm going to give you a favor right now. Man, it's messy. Gosh, it's messy. Shoot. I mean, here's here's what I would say. <laughs> I think Grant Faraday's the best putter of the bunch, but I don't think we're going to see Grant Faraday until next summer. Keep in mind, for those of you who don't know, Grant Faraday is a child. He's a kid. He's not an adult. It's not like he's uh, you know a 40-year-old man who could drive down from Duluth. He would need his father, I believe, to bring him down. Um, I didn't ask him how old he was, but I, I, I believe that. So um, I believe he's the best putter of the bunch. I think Mike is playing, Mike Pendleton is playing the best right now, but I'm not certain that Mike Pendleton is the best player in his own household. I'm not certain of that. Betting line would have Mike over Owen by a little bit, but man, oh man, I don't know how much longer that's going to last. <laughs> we'll see. Um, you know, so I think if I had to give you a favorite right now, based on the recent success of Mike Pendleton, it would be that. Also, his eight events tells me that we're going to see him quite a bit this winter, which is really what you need. You need those top five finishes. If you were to snag a win, right? If one of these nine snags a win next Saturday, they are immediately the favorite. Immediately, right? An, an open league, an open event win. So that's that's my answer right now would be Mike Pendleton. But honestly, his odds would be like, six to one, right? I'm not, I'm not, uh, I mean, like if you put money down on Mike Pendleton, the payout's going to be pretty good because it's just way too early. So we will be back next week with a golf zone preview. We're going to go through all 18 holes. We're going to update the data, um, to, to kind of show us where we're at. Uh, you know, with the ranks of the whole, I mean, we have so much golf zone data. I just, I just love going to this course. It's a lot of fun. And we're going to play four rounds next Saturday. Oh, can't wait. Talk to you guys next week.